What's cracking? Welcome to the jungle. I'm Jim Rome. Hope you had a tremendous weekend. We have got a good, good Monday show for you. What's going on? Nice to have you here. Let's get it. So much to talk about. So much football. Lots to get to. Some good interviews. A big head bet segment coming up on the Monday night matchup. Let's do it. Telephone number is toll free. I start you off right now with that phone number because my first interview is 940, meaning if there's something you want to talk about, you don't have to wait. You could get up in here right now. Go ahead. Use that number. It's toll free. It's good in the U.S. It's good in Canada. We have so many stations, so many ways to listen, so many ways to participate. So jump in with the easiest way to do so. 1-800-636-8686. 1-800-636-8686. If you want to hit me up on the X, I love that, at Jim Rome. Email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at haveatake.com. Monday sets up like this. Coming up at 940, we get an NFL recap. A senior writer for Sports Illustrated, Connor Orr, joins me. 1020, Tom Curran. Tom Curran has been on the Patriot beat since prior to the hood getting there. He knows that beat as well as anybody So we'll talk to Tom Curran. Those two NFL interviews come in right around the same period, 940, 10-20. So I would invite you to get in before, or if you want to wait till after, that's okay too. The big head, James Kelly and I, how'd your weekend go from a gambling standpoint? I got to admit, my Saturday was all right, college football-wise. Got my brains beaten in by the NFL yesterday. Luckily, since I was in Vegas over the weekend... I was able to stem the flow of blood on the tables. That helped me. But of course, in Vegas, where you tip everybody out, most of my winnings on the tables went to tips. But they did stop the bleeding a little bit as it relates to games yesterday. Talk to the big head. We'll talk about tonight's game. Not an easy game to pick, by the way. Bills, Broncos. Bills minus seven. That is not an easy game to pick. It's a pretty big number. one 636 8686 And I will share and recap my weekend in Vegas. First time DJ and I have gone in years. In years. And for those of you who warned me and said either A, don't go, or B, this is what you're in for, you were right. We had a great weekend. But to see them building an F1 track in the middle of that strip is crazy. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. All right, why don't we start with the whip? Short for whip around. The NFL whip around on a Monday morning. I've got to start the Monday morning with a shout out to the nation. A quick shout out to the nation. And no, I do not mean Jardians Nation. That does not exist. Bam. I stopped you dead in your tracks. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's not a thing. You know that's not the nation that I'm talking about. You know exactly what nation I'm talking about. I'm talking about Victory Cigar Nation. I'm talking about Autumn Wind Nation. I'm talking about the fully liberated Raider Nation. I saw them yesterday in Vegas. And I saw a Jets fan too. We're not talking about them. Well, we will. But we're talking about the Raider Nation, the proud supporters of a 500 football team and a 2-0 interim head coach who is not named Josh McDaniels. Got to give it up to Antonio Pierce. He's more than just 
not Josh McDaniels. He's doing and saying the right thing. He is slamming the right buttons. He is bringing the right attitude and swag and vibe. And as a result, this looks like a completely different team. I said after week one, I thought they looked like a completely different team. But then again, what did they really do? They slapped the hell out of the Giants. So? But then again, what did they really do yesterday? They beat the Jets. So? But they do look like a totally different team. No, that was not the most aesthetically pleasing win ever. It was not pretty. But Raider Nation does not need pretty. Raider Nation has never been about pretty. Raider Nation just needed some damn dubs. Raider Nation just needed some damn dubs, and that's exactly what they got two weeks in a row. And you know what? It's pretty impressive. I mean, it's one thing to ax a coach and then get a one-week boost from fires being lit under their asses. It is another thing to ax a coach and then have the entire vibe and identity of that team change right there on the spot. And that's exactly what's going on in Vegas. Again, when they run into somebody a little more formidable, then this might have a different kind of result. But I'm just talking about the way they carry themselves. They love their jobs again. They love their teammates again. They love everything again. Just ask Devontae Adams. In fact, you don't even need to ask him anything. Just look at the dude. He looks like a completely reinvigorated, rejuvenated, totally different dude altogether. Think back two weeks. Two weeks ago, Devontae was sitting slumped in his locker, speechless, unable to even find the words and put them together to describe the frustration and the misery of being a Raider. Now, he looks like the happiest dude ever. Now, he's even being used properly, finally. And Antonio Pierce is not shy about dunking all over my guy Josh about that very point. Well, I mean, what's the first thing you saw when you watched the Jets? They loaded the box. And we're going to have opportunities there for Devontae. And obviously, you saw the first couple of plays is right to him. Get the ball in his hands. Get him going. Um, listen, when you got one of the best receivers in the game, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not stupid. I know who to get the ball to. 17 and 8. I mean, the entire team being galvanized behind their hatred for Josh McDaniels really is something else. That's not the team, Alvy. That's the fans. That's not them with their cigars. That wasn't Devontae and Josh and Max with their cigars. I mean, that would have been a sight to behold, right? And I say that as a Josh fan. Now, that said, it's a huge help that they got to play the Giants and the Jets at home in back-to-back weeks. I must be real about that. They'll take those damn dubs. They needed those damn dubs. They're literally still in this thing. But they did just get the New York teams back-to-back at home. Which brings me to the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Who apparently still are willing to die on Coog Hunter Hill. Now, I really want to give credit to Zach Wilson. I mean, I want to. I'm trying to. He did look a little better last night. Because he did look a little better last night, right? But only a little better. 
And in the end, it was still a coup hunter mistake with a backbreaking pick in the final two minutes that doomed them. So really, what does it matter what he looked like prior to that pick? Because you have to squint way too long and way too hard to eventually see a little bit of progress in Wilson, but not nearly enough to close the gap, not nearly enough progress. And all I have to do to back that up is to point at the scoreboard and the lack of points on the scoreboard and the total absence of touchdowns. These dudes, the Jets, have now gone 36 straight offensive possessions without a tutty. I mean, they've got skill. They have skill. 36 straight offensive possessions without a touchdown which is almost as impressive as it is terrible. That is not easy to do. As an example, even Tommy DeVito found a way to an offensive touchdown each of the last two weeks. But the Coug Hunter couldn't? The Jets couldn't? I mean, I would ask Bob Sala, what the hell you're thinking about dying on Coug Hunter Hill? But I'm pretty sure the dude would just plead the fifth once again. I'm going to plead the fifth on all this one. (laughs) I know. Yeah, I know, Bob. And I'm forgotten about you either. Nathaniel still can't hack it. You think maybe you might want to get the ball to Brees Hall? Maybe. You think you might want to get the ball in that guy's hands, I don't know, before the fourth quarter? Given how electric he is and given who you have under center? Why are you asking the CH to go win you games when you know he can't? Even if he is in a position late to win... He's just going to revert back to his default setting and do what he did last night. You know, do what he always does when it matters most. Take an enormous dump in his pants. pants. And then split the opposition's numbers. Split the numbers of an opponent with a busted hand. Coog Hunter gonna Coog. Now the question is, the hell do the Jets do a quarterback? (laughs) Not that they have a lot of options, but what do the Jets do now at quarterback? What do you do going forward? But you know me. You know me. I'm an upbeat, positive, lighthearted, enthusiastic sort. I'm always looking for the positive in everything. So let me give the Coug Hunter this much. Let me say something positive about him. At least he's not Mac Jones. And as horrible as the Jets offense was, Again, at least it wasn't Patriots horrible. And as hideous as the Jets' offense was last night, they did still score twice as many points as New England scored in Germany yesterday morning. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but if you're going to get on a plane and go way the hell over there, you better get a win. You better get a win no matter who you are if you're going to go all the way over there. They didn't. But I don't want to pile on Mac overly. I don't want to pile on Mac too hard because... Bill O'Brien seems to have taken care of that for me. Did you see O'Brien? You see Bob on the sideline lighting up, chewing out, and eviscerating Mac. No wonder this dude has no confidence, no self-esteem anymore. Whatever self-esteem he had, O'Brien just stomped all over it. I'm not saying he was wrong. I mean, dude, that pick was horrible. It pretty much looked like, though, he made the dude cry right there on the sideline. And then sad Mac had to sit there and watch Bailey Zappi 
performed the saddest fake spike play in NFL history to seal the loss and drop the Hoodman's Pats to 2-8. and eight. So sad Mac is broken Mac. And by the way, a lot of that's on the hood. The dude has gone completely backwards from his rookie year when they thought they really had something in him. But that'll happen when your coordinators keep changing and you have Matt the Ticonderoga, Patricia, as your OC for a year, along with Joe the leader of men, Judge, as your quarterback coach. And you've got little to no talent around you. I'm not trying to make an excuse for Mac. I'm not. I mean, he's got to own this. I'm just saying that his failure is probably as much the Hood's failure as it is his own because this dude's nothing like the dude we saw his rookie year. And in his rookie year, he was fine. Better than fine, actually. So exactly where then does that leave the Hood? We'll obviously get into this when Tom Curran comes on because, again, he was on that Patriot beat before the Hood even arrived. He's seen it all. But that's three L's in a row for the Pats. They still have the worst record in the AFC. And the reason they have the worst record in the AFC is because they're the worst team in the AFC. And it's not even close. I never expected, nor do I expect the dude to get fired this week or really at any point during the season. I don't see Bob Kraft making a change in season. However, I know some of my half fam, the Chowds, would be fine with it. And I can't say that I'd blame Robert Kraft if he did pull the plug. Because short of Belichick agreeing to go give up his personnel and GM duties, that thing's never going to change. It's not going to change with him calling all the shots. I think we can all agree on that, right? The man has not forgotten how to coach. I want to say that. He has not forgotten how to coach. I think he can still be effective as a coach. But he sure as hell has forgotten how to draft and build a roster if, in fact, he ever knew how to do it in the first place. I mean, just look at who and what he's running out there every single week. Now, the good news is we do at least have confirmation that they did let him on the plane to make that flight back home. So at least Hood's got that going for him, which is nice. Then he met with the media, which was not nice. But of course, in meeting with the media, the big question was, what are you going to do at quarterback? And of course, the big answer was, who do you anticipate being your number one quarterback moving forward? Yeah, we just got back from Germany here. So, you know, we'll work through everything. There's, we'll look at everything all the way across the board, not specifically any one position, just just try to look at everything, do the best we can here going forward. This dude's like, it's like some, some, Toy from the 70s where you pull the string in the back. We just got back from Germany. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll look at everything and not just the cornerback. And, uh, hey, man, any of those pretzels left over from Germany? Uh, and when's Oktoberfest anyway? Uh, hey, I'm surprised you didn't try and sneak that in. Hey, uh, hey, we still doing pretzels for lunch? Are we doing pretzels for lunch? No! Hey, Yeah, Hood, you probably should look at everything, quote, all across the board. Because what you're presiding over right now is a dumpster fire. A dumpster fire of your doing, Gramps. 
all the way across still the board. incredible to me you know all the way across the board uh the hey we got any you got any of that fancy mustard for those pretzels uh are we doing pretzels hey, can we at least go to the mall and go to wetzel's pretzels if you can't give me any of those real pretzels uh and if Wetzel's isn't available, how about Auntie Anne's? I like her. A good old gal, Auntie Anne. All the way she makes the herself a good pretzel. Uh, hey, Auntie. You know, it's incredible to me still that either the Jets or the Pats could have had Josh Dobbs for a sixth-round pick, but only Minnesota was smart enough to pull that trigger. So they get all the credit for making that deal work. Minnesota should get some of the credit and then the pastronaut himself should get the rest. How about this dude? What Josh Dobbs just did over the past two weeks is straight up absurd. According to ESPN, he became the first player in NFL history to put up 400 passing yards, 100 rushing yards, and no INTs in his first two games with a team. And he's doing that for a team that is missing its best player, who would be Josh's top weapon in Justin Jefferson? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. He had an entire week to prepare for this one. Plenty of time. Too much time by his standards. I mean, this guy might have even learned some of the names of the dudes in the huddle. Ironically enough, his name is becoming one of the most famous names in Minnesota right now, and he's only been there two games. One thing I know for sure, my dude, the legend, Paul Allen is loving every second of this. Third down, Cam Jordan got around the right tackle. Dobbs looks, sees nothing. Now he runs out to the left. He points to somebody, turns to the five, to the end zone. Touchdown! Incredible! Josh Dobbs with a rushing touchdown has run Minnesota to a 16-3 lead. I mean, I don't even know what the best story in the NFL is right now. That's five dubs in a row for the Vikes, who were left for dead. They're now a seven seed in the NFC, which has got to be pretty shocking for Vikings fan. But Minnesota might not be the best story in the NFL because they're not the only shocking seven seed this morning. Because the seven seed in the AFC right now belongs to none other than jungle legend Nick Casario's Texans. Somebody should really give that clone some bleeping credit. credit. For real. real. I will be that person, and I want to make sure that Nick gets the time and space that he deserves. So I want to hold that thought for one minute, and I want to check some reaction. Once again, the telephone number is toll free. How about Nick? How about Nick? How about C.J. Stroud? I mean, never mind offensive rookie of the year. Why don't we just go ahead and talk about that guy as the MVP? Because I'm not saying that he's the guy to beat. I'm not saying he's the one who's in the number one spot. I'm saying he's in the damn conversation. And he might be the one to beat before it's over. If they're a playoff team, you find me one guy more valuable to a team than C.J. Stroud. Still plenty of ball left, but we'll get into that. 1-800-636-8686. Let's get some reaction here. Jimmers! Let me start with the lady clone on a Monday. Jimmers! I had my teeth clenched, anus puckered, toes curled, and hands covering my face during the last two minutes of that Raiders v. Jets game. If Trash McDonald's 
Abigail, you did not just trash McDonald's him. If trash McDonald's was still coaching, we lose that game and probably lose by 20. AP for the win, yo. Abigail in hashtag Raider Nation. War Lady Clone. Raiders, man. Two in a row. Look at Antonio Pierce. Mike D for three on the X. Hoodie just needs some more support before that record sags even lower. Let me run that back. I see what that guy did there. Hoodie just needs some more support before that record sags even lower. I can't believe he looks like such a boob these days. Boob. I guess that video, whether it was real or not, is immaterial. It jumped the weekend. Ed Brian C. in SP writes, Bella Chest. Go ahead, Avi. Bella Chest needed to pull a Pervin liar in Germany. Instead of flying home with the team, he should have hopped a bird to Amsterdam to hit the red light district because Booby. Waiting. Thank you. Booby needs a night out. It's good, Brian. For you. Stay to see the grandkids. Parody Larry? Parody Larry not in not only got in on the phones, got on the air, got rocked. Got respect and love. And now I'm reading something from him? Parody Larry jumped the weekend. At the Parody Larry on the X. Dear Jim, I wonder if your baby boy, Eddie C. in NY finally agrees with me after yet another touchdown free performance by the Coog Hunter. Hashtag hit the road, Zach. Larry, What's my up, dude. baby boy? Larry, my man. Dude, if I were you, don't try to floss too heavily up in here over what you did last week. You made one good call, dude. You made one good call. That does not make you the BIC. That does not make you left. Don't ruin it, dude. Don't ruin it. I know you're drunk on yourself. I know you're drunk on that call. I know you got hammered all weekend long off that call, dude. I get the jungle dopamine. I understand what it does to certain people, especially you, dude. You are a crackhead. You're a jungle crackhead. I get what the dopamine did. You have been bleep canned all weekend off that call. Careful, dude. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. And finally, one more before I go to break. J.J. Sportmo, quote, wowza, Jim, that CBS special effects budget is great. JR 3D hologram looks just like the real Rome sitting behind the white desk, business casual dress. No way you and Dr. Jano get out of Vegas and back to SoCal in time or getting part of dinner paid for. I can't wait, hardly wait, for the smack-off. Okay, actually, those were separated. I can't wait. 
Save that guy. That's Dino. Now, JJ Sport Mode. Oh, dude, we made it out. We made it out. We made it in and around the strip. We made it out. It, it wasn't this past weekend that's so challenging. It was. It's this week. The race is this week, man. Again, to think that they're going to run an F1 race right through town is insane. I posted a pic on my story, and you can see the grandstand being built right there on the strip. It is wild. Even for Vegas, it is wild. I mean, it's one thing to run that through the streets of Monaco, for instance, or Miami. But Vegas? Vegas? So we will get to that. And then finally, one more. I can't wait, hardly wait, for the smack off. Signed a drunken Rome, stumbling down the Vegas Strip with a brown-bagged 40 in hand. Signed V in the fee. War Josh Dubs leading the Vikings to the playoffs. Hey, who the hell do you think you're talking to, dude? What do I look like, V? A 30-year-old Jim Rome? Come on, man. You know how you know that I wasn't a, quote, drunken Rome stumbling down the Vegas Strip with a brown bag 40 in hand? You, you couldn't walk or stumble or even move on the Strip. Now, you know what I did the first thing I did when I got to Vegas, honestly? I found myself a driver. I found a dude that I could count on, got his personal digits, and that's the dude who I hung by all weekend long because it was hard to get around. So what I did to fund that little escapade, I went to the tables because I knew how to take care of my guy all weekend long. That's what paid that guy. Had a pretty good run at the tables. All right, that's a nice long open, and I didn't even get to all my NFL talk. Let's take a short time out. Still ahead. Your phone calls, obviously. Connor Orr of SI at 940. Tom Curran, 1020. The big head, James Kelly, 11 o'clock straight up. I'm pumped. Look at the phone lines, Tommy. It's like Christmas or something around here. They're lit up. It's lit. It's lit. It's, it's literature. Lit. It's literature. It's lit. Logs is coming home this week. He's got the extended Thanksgiving vacation. 1-800-636-8686. I give you that number because there was one phone line open. Dell's Black Friday event is their biggest sale of the year. Shop limited time deals on laptops like the stylish, innovative XPS 13, engineered to do it all on the Intel Evo platform, and save big on ultra-sharp monitors and top-brand accessories. It is the perfect time to upgrade any home, business, or gaming setup. It's powered by Intel Core processors. Shop right now at dell.com slash deals. To take advantage of huge savings and free shipping, once again, Dell.com slash deals, Dell.com slash deals. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. In Michigan, man. I know how badly you want me to put you in the open so you could clap back. I know how badly you want me to mention you so you could hate back. Congrats. You beat Penn State. I mean, when's the last time Penn State won a really big game that mattered, unfortunately? This is fascinating. Nicole Arbach went on X and tweeted this, quote, Jim Harbaugh just said that Michigan should be, quote, America's team, end quote. 
because it's been through adversity and criticism and the naysayers. See, on the one hand, if he did that, if he said that just to be a clown and just to be a troll, just to be kind of a heel, I might even tip my hat to him. If it's just an all-time troll or he's being a clown because he knows clowns, then I tip my hat to him. That's kind of funny. That's kind of funny. However, if dude really does believe that, if he's really that out of touch, and, and judging from the reaction of an assistant coach after the game on television, crying hysterically and dropping F-bombs, multiple F-bombs, I think that a large part of me believes that Harbaugh really does believe that. That they really should be, quote, America's team because of the insane persecution. I mean, dude, there's no way that guy believes that. You know what, Jim? I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and say you're just trolling. That You know that there's nobody outside of Ann Arbor that feels sorry for you. Because the reaction really has been hysterical. Hysterical. I mean, the crying, the F-bombing. You know, if your dude had been hit by lightning on the sideline and died right then and there, then I understand. If he got hit by a train and got dragged, then I would understand. If something truly tragic happened, I could understand the hysterical reaction and the F-bombing on live TV and the tears. It would still be a lot, but I would understand it. Quote, Jim Harbaugh, this is the the tweet. Jim Harbaugh just said that Michigan should be, quote, America's team because it's been through adversity and criticism of the naysayers. Even that guy doesn't mean that. He's trolling. Yo, yo, bro, I tip my hat to you. That's kind of funny. You're trying. See, you think that I'm not as smart as I am. You think that I'm going to take that bait. You think that I'm going to take that bait, but I'm not. I see you working, Jimbo. I see what you did there. I kind of admire it. But on the off chance, on the off chance that you actually believe that, you're so much worse than I thought. Because there's no no way you believe that. That's just a great troll. Good on you, dude. Bravo. If you'd brought that troll game to the smack off, I wouldn't replay that same soundbite year after year after year after year. Tell that clone to get a life. Where, Where was that troll game? During that smack off. All right, when we come back, Connor Orr joins me. We talk some NFL with him. That is next. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Right back at it. We'll jump into it. I'm pumped for this. I am Jim Rome. Welcome back. Hope you had a great weekend. All right, so we're joined right now by a senior writer for Sports Illustrated. He is co-host of the MMQB podcast. He previously covered the NFL for NFL Network, also NFL.com, and the Newark Star-Ledger. He is Connor Orr. He joins us right now. Connor, really good to have you on the program. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Great to have you. Thanks so much. Let me start with the Sunday night game. Another dismal performance by the Jets offense. Another catastrophic mistake by Zach Wilson late. Not that he's got great options, Connor, but 
If you're Robert Sala, what do you do? I mean, do you make a change at quarterback or at least his play caller? What should he do? It's so confusing, right, because there were some moments in that game where Zach Wilson, whether it was the no-look pass to Alan Lazard or even the Hail Mary at the end of the game, where there's probably only six or seven guys in the league who can do that. Um, And he's so talented, but you can't draw it out of him throughout the course of a game. And so at this point, you have to wonder if Aaron Rodgers is serious about a mid-December return, can you keep the locker room and keep Zach Wilson in? I don't think that those two things are, you know, you can't have both of those at once. Connor Orr is joining us. Connor, what about Aaron? Like, I'm a huge Aaron guy, but, and I believe in manifestation to a certain extent. Do you think there's any way at all that even if the team is good enough and it puts itself in that position, that he could realistically make a return mid-December or even after that this year? I'd be really curious to see kind of where the advice is coming from and and what he wants to do, right? I mean, if this really was a two-year plan, you sort of just push everything into 2024 and go into that with with full health. I mean, you know, ACL injuries or, you know, Achilles injuries, all this stuff, it takes time. It takes time to heal. And if it was a partial tear, maybe I can see it. Maybe I can see him sort of relishing in that hero role, but... Um, I, I do think this Jets team is set up to win next year. And if he completes a, a full course of rehab, I, I think everything ends up kind of working out better anyway. I agree. Connor Orr is joining us. What about C.J. Stroud? Like, he's obviously been amazing in his rookie year and was again yesterday in Abdul and Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. In your mind, has he gone from, like, the surefire offensive rookie of the year to putting himself legitimately in the middle of the MVP conversation? Yeah, and, you know, there's MVP purists, right, that say that Patrick Mahomes should win the award every year. But my argument is look at the organization before he got there and look at it now. And if C.J. Stroud was not playing well, we'd be talking about a new general manager. We'd be panicking about a six-year contract that D'Amico Ryans has. We would be saying that Tank Dell and Nico Collins aren't good wide receivers. And all of that has changed because this guy has been completely cool in a bunch of clutch situations, especially the last two weeks against two Super Bowl defensive coordinators. So it's uh, it's really been a heck of a run for him. No doubt. Connor Orr joining us. What about the Niners? The Niners needed a response, I think, after that three-game losing streak and coming out of a bye, and they did so in the most emphatic way possible, right? They pounded a red-hot Jags team 34-3. to Did you see enough from the Niners yesterday to say that they are who we thought they were and they're all the way back? I think they are who we think they are as long as Trent Williams is healthy. I mean, he is just such a linchpin to that offense. I mean, there were Jaguars players actually physically running away from him yesterday on on certain blocks. He is that good. He's that talented. And, you know, when you combine all that stuff together and, you know, knowing people who know Kyle, I don't know how much of a bye week he actually took. You know, I mean, this guy is dialed in and it's as deep of a roster as we have in the NFL. That pass rush rotation is incredible now with Chase Young in the fold. So, I, I really do think they're still my front runners. I mean, I had them as a Super Bowl winner at the beginning of the season, and not much has changed there for me. So, Connor, I'm just jumping around quickly because I want to make best use of our time, but when are the networks going to learn that Dallas v. the New York Giants on national television is not only not a good thing, but it's one of the worst things? <laughs> You're speaking my language. I've been writing this since 2020. This needs to stop be being billed as a good game. I mean, I know... Uh, the West Coast audience, you guys would probably appreciate hearing that, but I'm on the East Coast. There are games when the, you know, you can't get the NFL Sunday ticket rolling, and you're stuck with a 49 to 10 game, and it's just it's unwatchable. And this game 
these games haven't been good since Tom Coughlin's been coaching the Giants. And even even then, I mean, the last few years were pretty bad. It's a, it's a bleak rivalry. It's tired. And half the country didn't get to see, you know, the Chargers and the Lions yesterday. Some of the brightest young stars in the NFL. Which was an absolutely wild shootout. Let me ask you about that since you brought that up. So the Lions outlast the Chargers in a wild 41-38 to game. You know, I want to hype the Lions, and I have hyped the Lions. I don't know how you feel about this, but anytime, especially this year, I hype anybody, they inevitably get punched in the face five minutes later. So where do you come out on the Lions? With their firepower offensively, are they legitimate Super Bowl contenders? I had a coach explain it to me like this, and I think it's the best way to look at it. If the Lions can run their offense the way that they want to run it, namely if they have David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs both healthy and the offensive line's working, they're as unstoppable as any team in the NFL. But there's some big ifs. Like earlier in the season, Tampa Bay kind of got wind of it. Um, David Montgomery got hurt. They shut down that running game. And if you kind of pull the pin on that, the rest of the Lions kind of start to crumble Jared Goff has a harder time, as we've seen kind of in the weeks where Montgomery was out. And so I, I think it's just a big, it depends. Now, Montgomery's back healthy. Everything looks good. And when you see it like it was yesterday, it's, it's hard to stop, especially if everybody's healthy. We are talking to Connor Orr. Connor, let me ask you, the Big Ten suspended Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. So, of course, there will be lawyers. And if there will be lawyers, then Harbaugh, once again, will look to the NFL, I would imagine. How much interest do you think that he will generate from NFL teams this time around? I think as long as – I think if the case is adjudicated or there is some sort of uh, – if he's able to – successfully pin this all on one rogue employee. I I think that the passage of Jim Harbaugh back to the NFL was always inevitable in my mind. I mean, the guy won 44 games, I think, in a couple of years in San Francisco. He won at San Diego. He he is a valued commodity. I think a team just has to be in the right spot in terms of willing to sacrifice a lot of the other, you know, the power that a GM has, the power that an owner has, over to Jim, who is a real kind of cult of personality type of guy. But I can see a few teams already in this cycle that are going to need new head coaches, you know, Las Vegas being one of them, where, where that could be pretty attractive. You know, to the point you just made about giving that power over to that guy, where do you come out? I mean, Bill Belichick, that's a whole hour onto itself, but... Ultimately, do you think that Bob Kraft would make a change? And then would somebody give him the power, Belichick, the personnel power that he is accustomed to having? Or is he going to have to accept that he's still a coach and that's what he should do and only that? It's such a great question. I mean, my read on the situation was always either Robert Kraft talks Bill Belichick into a GM and allows him to break the record while also restocking the cupboard for Gerard Mayo whenever you want to make that transition. Or... Bill Belichick has to accept maybe the end of his career as being sort of a Parcellsian end, and we know that Bill did that in Miami, where he was sort of an overarching person. He helped hire the GMs. He helped hire the personnel people. He had weighed in on all aspects of the operation. I think Bill would be really valuable in that role, but I don't know how valuable he is as a head coach slash GM right now, which is where a lot of the trouble, I think, is coming in. Connor Orr is joining us, covering a lot of ground. Before I let you go, I'm curious what you think about the Browns. Like, I'm kind of curious what I think about the Browns. I mean, we're talking about a team that came back from a 14-point deficit. They stunned the Ravens, who many, myself included, thought were the best team in the league after last week's beatdown of Seattle. Cleveland's doing it without Nick Chubb. They've got major injuries on the offensive line. Deshaun Watson finally kind of looked like Deshaun 
Watson, but he's been banged up. I guess what I'm asking you is, how exactly is Cleveland doing this? Because they've won four of their last five, and they are in the hunt. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Jim Schwartz, you talk about the, the defensive coordinator, I mean, you talk about major offseason upgrades. I mean, that might have been the single greatest change that a team has made to themselves over the course of just a few months. And what it, that upgrade has meant, Miles Garrett is in the defensive player of the year uh, conversation. I would say, I mean, he's my leader in the, in the clubhouse there. And so I think that Cleveland is just playing great complementary defense and they're running the ball really well. And like you said, Deshaun Watson had two or three really good throws yesterday. He was terrible in the first half. He threw a pick six, and we're still talking about them beating the Ravens. I mean, this, is, this could get really dangerous if his game catches up, too. He is a senior writer for Sports Illustrated, co-host of the MMQB podcast, and I talked about where he'd worked previous to that. Connor Orr, my guest. Connor, listen, really good to have you on. Appreciate all the insight. We should do it again soon. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That was fun. Connor Orr. He's a great read. I read him all the time. He is really, really good. Really good. And a good listen as well. All right, so your reaction to some of that. Telephone number, once again, 1-800-636-8686. We could have gone much deeper on the Patriots, but I've got Tom Curran coming up next hour, and I'm really curious to see what he has to say about what they do there. Hey, Rome. As if it wasn't bad enough that Bill Bella Boobies... Bench me before the last drive. I had to endure the other Bill's chin butthole screaming at me on the sidelines. I wanted so badly to toss some mint in there. Yours, M. Jones. It's disgusting, dude. You wanted to toss a mint in there? Because that would help, eh, Ross? Hey, Romy, I really should be America's quarterback. After all the adversity I've been through, signed D. Watson. Cleveland. That's good. That's funny. Watson? Uh, Yeah, I mean, Harbaugh's got to be trolling. There's no way. Even Harbaugh, as oblivious as he might be, there's no way he believes that. Big troll. Tip of the hat, bro. That's kind of funny. Kind of. Stay tuned.